Hello, everyone, to a new episode of the New Daddy Life podcast. My name is Bill Sloan. I am the host of this show, this little podcast that is designed to shed some light on pregnancy uh, from a male perspective. So, give an update. Uh, we are at 39 weeks, one day, and the baby is as big as, big as a honeydew melon. So, she's between 19 and 21 inches and 7 to 8 pounds, according to what to expect app. Um, yeah, things are getting a little serious here. Uh, Jess and I are actually starting to, um, feel like it's coming. She's having contractions. Um, we believe that they're still Braxton Hicks contractions, but, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if, if women are able to have proper contractions, but just kind of intermittently. I don't know. That's probably something I should look up. Um, at this point, the baby will be here in, I don't know, less than a week, which is really crazy to think about. Um, Jess is still feeling pretty good. She's, I think, a little ready to, you know, deliver this baby and uh, start getting back to a normal belly size. (laughs) She keeps telling me that she's ready to have this, her belly uh, shrink. So I know she's getting fed up with it and it's it's a lot of weight to be carrying around. Uh, We were laying in bed the other night and I was thinking about it. Um, just as a percentage of her body weight, it would be like me carrying around an extra 50 pounds. I mean, it was like a, she's adding a quarter of her body weight. So that's, that's crazy. That's like me carrying, lugging around a a 50 pound kettlebell every day and just wearing it around my gut. I mean, that, that really does put it into perspective for me at least. Yeah, that's a lot of weight to be carrying around. To be lugging around is just feel like that would be draining on you. So that that helps um, helps me, you know, feel a little bit differently about her being pregnant, <laughs> and, and and I guess helps me to uh, I don't know be a little bit more compassionate. Um, not to say that I haven't been, but. So as of right now, uh, we have, well, we have, we've got our hospital bags packed. Uh, the car seat bases are in the cars in the vehicles. And I think everything is just about set up. I mean, we don't have like things like the baby gate set up, but I don't think we'll need that for a little while or the, uh, high chair. We don't have that set up, but I think those are about the only two things, really. Uh, about two weeks ago, we set up um, like this little swing. It's like a little—I don't even know. I think it's just a swing. It's from Fisher Price 
Um, it's got like different settings to swing them side to side or forward to backward and it plays, you know, some music and you can kind of put it anywhere in your house and just kind of swings them. But that thing was a real pain in the butt and everything is made out of plastic these days, I swear. So, uh, some of the pieces weren't actually like some of the nuts weren't drilled through all the way. Um, so I had to kind of chisel away some excess plastic and put the bolts in and it's just a pain in the butt. But other than that, everything's gone to gone together pretty easily. Um, I just, one of the things that come, that came to, uh, came to my mind, um, was the amount of decisions or choices that we have. So the book I've been reading crib sheet, you know, the author is talking about, you know, different approaches to parenting, you know, like, um, co-sleeping and daycare and, you know, breastfeeding or, you know, using formula or whatever, just feel like there's a million choices or decisions that need to be made. And I feel like that might be getting a little, I don't know, it's kind of daunting or overwhelming at some point, maybe for some people. I don't mind it because I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm more opinionated but uh, I think maybe it's just easier for me to make a decision than some other folks. Um, but I feel like that could be really stressful for some people, like extremely stressful, like in not knowing which is the absolute best to do. Like, you know, I think, I think the data or the research shows that breastfeeding is typically better than, you know, using formula, but I don't know, you know, there's a lot of children that have been given formula and they're probably perfectly healthy. So I don't know. Um, I think we've, we've done all right making the decisions so far and agreeing on uh, a course of action in terms of like a birth plan and like how we want to raise our kid. Um, you know, all those decisions and choices, though, they kind of lead me to um, the point that, I don't know, another thing I've been reading is that a, a lot of new parents, they get tons of feedback, or not even feedback, but they... They get, they get uh, so many different opinions and conflicting advice from other parents and friends and whoever else that, you know, maybe the things that they're doing are not right. They should be doing it a different way. And then you have like, you know, a lot of different judgment um, being thrown at them. So, you know, that's part of the a chapter in this book too, is that she talks about how like basically parents need to stop shaming other parents for their parenting styles. So, you know, I appreciate your guidance, but probably we'll do things differently than you just based on 
you know, my past experiences and Jessica's past experiences. Um, but yeah, no, that's, it's, it was kind of an interesting idea because I, I, I've heard that from other parents, um, that, you know, some of these mommy groups can be kind of vicious in a way. Um, they're all, you know, under the guise of being helpful, but I think it makes some moms or parents feel kind of inadequate or that they're being judged or they're doing something wrong and that's not a good thing. So I don't know. I, I don't really know how to raise a kid at this point. I've never done it before. So I do appreciate advice from other parents and you know, then I'll take all that advice and I will choose the the things that I feel are appropriate to raise my daughter. And, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I have to take everybody's opinion or advice on certain parenting aspects, but yeah, at some point it probably will get a little to become a little bit too much. Um, some of the, the real concerns though that we have right now are, well, it's like the T minus, you know, seven days or six days, I guess you don't really even know when she's coming, but she's going to be here soon, like soon, soon. And it is so crazy to think about, but like some of the things that I've been concerned about lack of sleep like today I took a nap on the couch and I was thinking to myself before I dozed off uh how likely will this be <laughs> that I'll be able to get a nap in the middle of a day like during lunchtime while uh while we have a baby a newborn so it's, from what I've heard and and read it's probably quite unlikely you know, I've, I've read that sometimes, um, well, there's a lot of guidance that says that you should sleep when your newborn sleeps, but I feel like that might be somewhat of an impossibility because you have so many other tasks to do. Like when the baby's sleeping, you have to, you know, prepare your own food or clean or do laundry or do work or run errands or you know, household chores, maintenance, you know, there's a million other things that we have as adults that take up our time and how how are you supposed to sleep? So, you know, Jessica had this opinion that while, you know, if she's awake at night breastfeeding, then I should be awake too and have to suffer with her. And I think those may be her exact words. <laughs> but um I have a different philosophy. I see it as if one parent is up and kind of missing sleep, the other parent should be allowed to get full rest. So, you know, maybe in the beginning I understand that she'll you know, we're going to try or she's going to try to breastfeed. So, you know, in the beginning she probably will should be getting less sleep than I will because she'll have to wake up every couple hours with the baby. Um, 
but you know, once she starts pumping and we have a, a, a store of uh, breast milk, you know, then I think that I should be able to wake up on those, you know, on nights and just use the, the storage bags of breast milk to feed Olivia, you know, so that way Jessica can get a full night's sleep. And I don't know if it's like a one-on-one off, you know, where one night she's up, you know, she wakes up with the baby all, every night or like each time that the baby wakes up. Or, you know, if we try to take turns like, hey, you take the middle night, the middle part of the, the night and I'll take, you know, right before we put her down and like first thing in the morning. And then like, because she sleeps, Jessica sleeps in later than I do. She's a little bit more of a, a night owl than I am. So some those are some of the things I guess we'll have to work out. But yeah, I I. I would rather her be able to get a full night's sleep and I would just wake up. Like I I would imagine that would feel pretty great to, you know, get an entire night's worth of sleep and let one person just kind of, you know, struggle a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just don't know the best approach, but you know, it'd be a little bit of a trial and error and maybe Maybe the best thing is is for each one of us to try to get like six hours of sleep or five hours of sleep or something. So maybe maybe one of us takes like the first two times the baby wakes up and then, you know, the, the other person takes the second two times or whatever during the middle of the night, I don't, assuming that the baby wakes up every two to three hours. But, you know, that may give us a, a, a few uninterrupted hours of sleep, which would be very nice. I would imagine. Um, another one of the things is, uh, daycare. That's a, that's a pretty big concern of ours now. And I, that's just something that I've kind of brought up. Jessica doesn't want to send our baby to daycare. I kind of see it as a, a little bit of, a a necessary, I'd hate to say evil, but a necessary, I don't know, thing to do because you know, we both work. She's going to be off work for three months, you know, possibly six months. Um, but I, I don't think that she wants to be, I don't, I don't know. Actually, I I think she may be a little bit indifferent about being a stay at home mom. I, I would rather her not be a stay at home mom. Um, but the daycare part of it, it's just, uh, like she doesn't, I know she doesn't want to send the baby off too early. She was hoping that a family member could help. Um, she's more concerned about, uh, you know, germs and sicknesses and, you know, the baby getting ill and all that. But I mean, it's a legitimate concern, but at the same time, I think after three months or six months, um, you know, the baby's going to be exposed to germs. It's going to have to start building up the immune system. And I think overall it will, it, it will end up being a good thing. And I think I read in that crib sheet book that, you know, after I think it's 18, like a, like 12 to 18 months, like there's more benefit in the child going to daycare than not. 
So, you know, maybe for the first, you know, zero to 12 months or something, we, you know, maybe she stays home for three to six months and watches the baby. And then maybe we have the help of, you know, friends or family, you know, watch her before we send her off to daycare. But, you know, that's been a little bit of a, a sticking point, I guess, right now. But not necessarily um, a, a huge, like, uh, a huge decision that needs to be made right now. Um, however, I don't know if there are wait lists to get into daycares. I don't know, you know, like if there's a sort of a screening process that we should be doing or they do or... You know, it's just one of those other things that we have to look into. So I don't, I don't know uh, what to do there about that. But um, I think it helps to start looking into it and seeing what the requirements are, and you know, coming up with a, a plan. You know, if we don't have a plan, then we'll be scrambling at the last minute, and you know, kind of shoot ourselves in the foot, which I don't want. I'd rather be prepared for it. So, um. Those are kind of my thoughts for this week. It's uh, It's been a little while since I uh, recorded a podcast. Maybe the next one will be from the hospital. And we might have a little baby, which will be fun. Um, it's kind of interesting because as badly as Jessica wants to, you know, get rid of this huge belly of hers, she also doesn't really want to go through the process of delivering the baby, <laughs> which is understandable because it, uh, it it sounds kind of painful and, you know, just uh, really taxing on the body and, yeah, just kind of hard work. So, you know, kudos, hats off to all the women who have delivered babies. It doesn't seem like a real fun task and... Uh, yeah, it'll end up being really cool. I borrowed a selfie stick from uh, a friend of mine. I told Jessica that I was going to record it. (laughs) As much as I don't want to be in the room, I thought maybe, you know, at least getting a couple photos, um, during, during the delivery might be interesting to, uh, to have to look back on and, um, I don't know how keen she is on actually looking back on on those. I don't know how keen she is on wanting me to take the photos or the video during the delivery, but I guess we'll find out when we get there and see actually how irritable she is during this process. Um, but as for me, I'm just like, I'm really excited. I'm super excited to uh, to see the baby and to hold her. I hope that she has a normal shaped head. Um, that's like one of my concerns. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I'm just like kind of genuinely just uh, excited to see her. So I think that's it for this week. And I'll wrap it up and uh, talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.